everyone, and welcome to episode 119 of the High Sensitivity Podcast. Thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about movie news as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. Just one today. Just one today. Don't worry, we'll have Craig back next week. But you know what you can always count on to be a part of every show? The news. <laughs> the news. The news. I knew it was coming. First up, I'll go with Skate Free to Play. Uh, I know this is probably going to be. So- yeah, I probably took it from you. I know I stole. I, I stole <laughs> no, it's that not that. Head. That's just that's just my reaction. Yeah, I am not particularly happy about it either or not. I my excitement for the game has gone drastically down yep. hearing that it's a free to play game. Uh, we've seen free to play in other games before and we know how these games work and what they do with them so that that's what i'm afraid of i'm afraid that we're getting this i'm afraid it's not going to be the same skate game because it's going to be oh this area is hidden under a 20 dollar fit 20 dollar <laughs> limit okay you need to pay 20 bucks and right. now in order and especially in order for like cosmetics were never a very important thing in skate i don't believe it was all like yeah they 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 were but they were more just to show off like what you had beaten in the game, right? There were specific yeah. shirts and stuff that you could get when you like if you did all the uh, Hall of Meats and did a whole bunch of like injuries, you would get a shirt or whatever. Yeah, so like it's going to be those types of things, but I know like that's now all going to be hidden behind a paywall. Um, yep. I'm going to go with like the main reason they're doing this is if the game succeeds, maybe they plan on adding expansions to it where, you know, you're first, it's like a downtown city and then, okay, here's another pay another 40 bucks and you can activate or unlock the carnival boardwalk area or something like that. I'm yeah. Or, you know, another 40 bucks to skate park, something like that. So it's, it's all over the place. I'm not happy it's gone free to play, but I hope that they prove us wrong. I hope that it's not just the scummy way of getting money, but I think we both know it's going to end up being that. So. Yeah, I mean, this is like right after we got like a good look at the build that's gone on so far. Like there's people out there who have done beta tests on it and it looks really good. Like there's more um, when you're off your board, there's more, I guess, parkour type moves your character can do running on walls, um, swinging to ledges and all that. And that's cool. Um, it gives you more movement. So, I mean, we're coming right off all that footage that made us think that like, man, this is actually looking pretty good. And then they hit us with the free to play. Um, I don't have much hope for this game now. Like I did, like this was like one of my most anticipated games next year, I'm assuming. Um, now I not so much unless, this is their way of making it. I mean, they did say it was a live service game, free to play live service game. So if it's just cosmetics and it enables them to continuously update with new maps, I wouldn't be opposed to paying like for season passes to get new areas as, as long as it's not insanely expensive. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of puts a damper on skate now and it's not even skate for anymore. They're just calling it skate. Um, so I, I don't know why they decided to do that. Maybe I, it's EA, so I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but man, they had such good faith coming from what they've shown. And then they just like, you drove it into the dirt. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a feeling that that's, it's going to end up just being this way with like Mm -hmm. EA games. And it really does suck that they're doing this with 
skate, you know, something that's pretty much been revived for the pure fandom yep. of from the fan base to just hear that. OK, let's attack this fandom, not and not so much attack, but predatorize yeah. this this fan base by making sure, OK, you know, we'll make it free to play, but you you got to show us you want it by paying for stuff yeah. where just release a $40 game. And it also worries me that it's going to release a very bare bones game. <laughs> and then yeah. as time goes on, it's going to get more updated and it's going to get better, but you're going to have to pay for it. And on top of that, like you're already going to loss. You're already going to lose the, the mainstay crowd that mm-hmm. got it, played it, found out it sucked and dropped it right away. Right. Is, is what I would fear is if I, if I were them, but it's EA, they don't fear anyone. I think, like, I've been thinking about it, and I think the only way I'll be okay with it is if they treat it like a, a better version of what they're doing with Apex right now. Because if you think about, like, the skateboarding community, there's constantly new shoes, new new boards coming out. Like, I'm all for them being like, all right, here's, you know, 10 new shoes that came out for real, like, in the real world in the past six months. We're going to throw them in the game. Here's 20 new decks and here's five, you know, up and coming skaters. And, you know, if it's like, uh, I don't know how much, how much is a character if you were to try and buy it in Apex? A couple dollars? Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, I'd yeah. say. I, th- it, I think, it, it, is it 700 uh, Apex points? I have so many of those. Uh, I think it's, I, th- I think it's like five or seven bucks for a new character. Okay. okay. See, if they came out and they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to update with, you know, hey, this skateboarder is becoming huge. Get this skateboarder, get their two or three pro decks and two or three pairs of shoes for five bucks. I'm okay with that. Like if you want to play as that character, I mean, you want to play as your own character. But if they're like, here's their pro model shoes and their pro model boards for five bucks, I might be willing to do that. If it's somebody I'm like, oh, I really like that skater. I'm going to buy their clothes or, you know, that's fine. As long as it's not like the main game, but it's EA again and it makes me nervous. Yeah, um, no, I'm completely with you. All right. So another one that was interesting was Beyond Good and Evil starts external playtesting. And I just assumed this game was dead. Um, As I've did been, I. I've been wanting this game forever. And the, when when did we see that teaser trailer? Oh, for, my God. That, that has. That was when E3 was still going. Yeah, I have I feel like it's almost 2016 or 17 since yeah. since we saw that. Okay. I it could even be later or it could even be like 2014 or 13. It's yeah. been that long. I've, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to look it up while you're. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and like the, I I've been vocal before about my love for Beyond Good and Evil. I love that game to death. Um, I've wanted this newer version of Beyond Good and Evil 2 for years and years um they showed a little bit of gameplay at one point looked interesting enough and then it just kind of disappeared and we all assumed it was dead so the fact that it's getting play tested makes me gives me a little bit of hope that at least it's still surviving out there somewhere and it's 2017 is when we saw that trailer okay yeah so we're coming up on well that's five years then yep five years since we saw anything um so maybe it is gonna come out i mean i can cross my fingers yeah, I thought we I, I thought we were going to see something during the Summer Games Fest just because it had been five years since that yeah. trailer came out. You'd think we'd get some sort of word. But 
again, this game may have been like getting close to development and then COVID might have really just put a hold on everything. Uh, yeah. That's something that people have to think about and remember that COVID like switched what used to be almost like a game studio room full of 50 to 100 people are now all working from home and have yeah. to collaborate via Zoom or however, however they collaborated. So there's there is that. And hopefully this game just reaches people's expectations. I it's going to be hard to considering that it's been this long, but the the more the longer you make people wait, the more people are going to be like, "Okay, they've had time to polish this game. Like there can't be anything wrong with this game until you find out, yes, there's something incredibly wrong." Where are we approaching Duke Nukem territory when Duke Nukem Forever came out? And Maybe. it was such a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I think I think we could be approaching those levels. I, I don't know if anything could be that bad, to be honest. I'm going to play that again. I never beat it. I need to hunt it down and, and get it. Maybe we could stream it. But like, yeah, I remember playing the first level. It was terrible. I didn't play it at all. <laughs> okay. I, did, I, I just remember for like a fact that and I just remember how like brutal and like and I know it's supposed to be funnier, like it's supposed mm -hmm. to be a, a funny game, but I can't imagine trying to find that now because some collector is probably selling it for a hundred dollars. Be like, it's Duke Nukem's last game. You gotta have it. You gotta pay a premium for it. There were so many copies out there, though. I'm gonna look it up real yeah. quick, but like, there has to be. I bet you, I'd be surprised if it was more than five bucks. Let me see. Yeah, ten bucks. Okay, that's pretty Selling good. Selling for about ten bucks. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of the next part of news that kind of will confuse people is Sony is releasing PlayStation Star as a loyalty program for PlayStation fans that yeah. comes with currency and digital pictures. And they it is not NFTs. The person that went ahead and posted up in this blog specifically said that these are not NFTs. I have a feeling they're just trying to take a page out of what. Nintendo does with their loyalty program because Nintendo allows me to buy wrong hand like that brave, uh, bravely default two poster mm -hmm. is from like my Nintendo points that you okay. can. Uh, so Nintendo rewards you for buying their games, playing their games, completing challenges, and you can earn physical rewards or digital ones like exclusive banners or backgrounds on your switch avatar and stuff like that. I don't know how, good this system's going to be considering it's just supposed to be like digital pictures of like collectibles i think they yeah. mentioned or exclusive art from the developer from a game that you played it's all really kind of weird but i if i guess if you love a game that much and i guess i could see me doing it where you know if kingdom hearts 4 comes out and it's like oh here are exclusive sketches of you know kingdom hearts 4 i'm gonna be like yeah here here have my playstation points yeah. stuff like that but hopefully hopefully it just kind of they release points and give you enough points pretty regularly that you don't have to you know you don't have to think about saving up or you know doing a ton of stuff for for points it, yeah. it's it, it's probably going to be rough when it first comes out but sony's pretty good about making things better surprisingly you know the playstation plus premium and extra have been doing fairly well and they've just come out with more games and trials for the people to try out on it. So they're updating it pretty regularly and that's what they need to do. Yeah, I like Microsoft has the Microsoft rewards. Um, and since I usually try at least try every Game Pass game, it usually works out to about. 
maybe not every month, but every other month they get about a $10 Microsoft gift card um, mm-hmm. just for playing games. And like, that may not seem like a lot, but you're literally not putting anything into it. I'm literally just downloading and playing these games and getting points for playing yeah. them. So like if Sony can do that, like I'm all about that. That's a nice way to get people to do it. What I would like my dream for them to do. And I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but like back in the 360 era, right? They used to have the when you would unlock certain achievements in games, it would give you stuff for your avatar. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. Like I want that back. I know avatars aren't really a thing anymore, um, but like something like that. I loved that being like, oh, I beat this game. So I got trying to think. I remember like Dead to Rights 2. When I beat that game, I got like a a T-shirt for my avatar. Um, I'd be perfectly fine with. I guess they don't even really do backgrounds on PS5, do they? Not yet. And I don't know if they ever will, uh, to be completely honest, because like now it's all about like the full art page that comes behind the game that takes over like whatever art thing you had. So, yeah, you're not wrong. I think what if like what if you beat a game and it gives you a um, exclusive like icon for your thing so that when people look on like their friends list and be like, oh, how'd you get that icon? Oh, I I 100 percented Elden Ring or something. You know what I mean? Like that could be cool. Just a way. That'd be a cool way to show it off Um, rather than just like what you have there with Nintendo, like a poster or something. Like, let me something I can show off to my other friends. Be like, I have this like Steam does with their badges. Like, give me that. I'm all about that. No. Yeah. (laughs) Completely with it. Um, Also with Sony, Sony officially now went through, bought Bungie. A lot of money. And I don't. I'm interested to see what they do. Right. Because they've been Bungie's been sitting on Destiny for how many years now? 10, 15, I feel like. Yeah, they've been working on Destiny, Destiny 2 for a long time. Yeah, like I'd be I'm interested to see what they do um, next. Uh, Some maybe something single player because Sony loves single player. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. Good for Sony and another another notch on their belt there. Yeah, I I did enjoy the Internet kind of bashing on Sony because it's like there were so many people like, well, duh, like you already announced this stuff, but people forget that these deals with all this money usually have to go through like the federal like commissions center and make yeah. sure that it's a fair trade and that it doesn't create a monopoly over something. So there's a lot of paperwork that goes into buying something of this magnitude and people just forget that. Yeah. Sony did announce it, but you know, the government of the United States and the government of Japan also have to be like, okay, we approve it. That kind of thing. So right. good. Good for Sony. I I have a feeling that they're going to use Bungie. Like Sony's missing that first person shooter that the Xbox has with Halo, and maybe they bring that back with Bungie because Bungie knows first person shooters. They can do a good job with them. Destiny to this day is still one of the best like shooting games you can find. Yeah. So who yep. knows? Maybe they revive Killzone with it, Resistance, or create their own original IP, which is something we rarely ever see anymore. Mm-hmm. So. There, there are a lot of positives to this, and I just hope that Sony like, lets them work how Bungie works because Destiny and Destiny 2 are critical successes, mm-hmm. and they these games continue to rake in money even at eight years after. The, yeah, I think the isn't the, the player release. base still pretty high on yeah, Destiny player, 2? 
yeah, every time an expansion comes out, the player base pops up again. Yeah, because there's always the people that grind for all the legendary weapons and everything right. like that. So once people are done that, then they move on to another game. But every single expansion, like the classes get renewed. It always feels fresh for 20 to 40 bucks to jump right back into Destiny and feel like it's a fresh experience because it is because they're changing so much of the game. Your character gets new gear. Your ultimates are newer. The the guns themselves offer these new, you know, fun things for you to do. Like Destiny's always been really good at that. That's something mm-hmm. that Bungie is should be commended for more often. Yeah, I agree. Nintendo acquires Dynamo Pictures Animation Studio and will now be called Nintendo Pictures. Dynamo Pictures uh, can be found on M- uh, M- M- IMDb. That's it. And IMDb. Some of their some of their previous works are CG capture for Death Stranding, Persona Five, and other previous works. So. Maybe we see a Zelda anime. Uh, It's always been something that I know fans have wanted a long time ago. And I don't know if it was Smash Ultimate. I don't think it was. I think it was Smash for the Wii U or Wii, where they kind of released this anime trailer where all of the Nintendo characters were like fighting each other. And it was, you know, drawn in an anime style. And people were like, why doesn't Nintendo do this kind of stuff? (laughs) And with their own picture studio now, they can And maybe we get to see stuff with Link, you know, I can't imagine it because Link would then have a voice. That would be weird. But, you know, if anything, we're going to start seeing Fire Emblem anime because it's just (laughs) so it's so easy. It writes itself. So it's true. It's that kind of stuff, which cool. You'd be all over it. it. Yeah, I jump I jump on it. I jump on it, you know, just dive head first into those waters. But. (laughs) Nintendo is getting ready to kind of push their stuff, especially with the Mario movie coming out. And they need to be ready for if this succeeds or if it ends up doing well that, you know, you can create a Mario anime or a Mario. It doesn't have to be anime. It can be animation of some sort. So good. Good for them. Like. CG work with Death Stranding has always been pretty good, but like the, Mm -hmm. the listing for Persona 5 is definitely like, okay, like they can do probably Japanese anime stuff so that's where i'd yeah. go because they nintendo would the name alone will get millions of people to watch it and that's oh, for sure yeah. something that and then that's something that nintendo has that microsoft and sony don't have at all like i don't know what the viewership numbers ended up being for the halo tv series <laughs> or what the numbers will end up being for like the horizon series on netflix or the, the last, last of us of on us. hbo yeah. this august yeah. and like those two companies tend to ground themselves in reality more or less where Nintendo has always been about these colorful, playful journeys in a way, especially with like Zelda and Mario. So I'm interested to see what comes out of the studio and Nintendo hopefully doesn't ruin it. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of options there. Um, What about like a Kirby series? Kirby would work well too. Like, yeah, any a, Me- a metroid series a yoshi Ooh. series like yeah. y- the you say these names and they make sense to make an anime mm-hmm. with or something metroid like could be cool metroid would be really good yeah metroid's a bounty hunter you can literally mm-hmm. have a like a monster of the week or a monster <laughs> of the or like a, yeah. a monster for each season for Met- for samus to hunt so yeah. it it all makes sense like it, it 
Nintendo, if you aren't doing it, I can't write scripts, but I'll try. Just pay me. <laughs> I think my only issue would be is does Nintendo keep it? Everything has to be family friendly. You know what I mean? Because like a dark Metroid anime would work so well. But do they? Probably, yeah. But are they like, no, it has to be, you know, no blood, you know, no and, sexual themes. Yeah. Anime has never been super violent because okay. even that's even the stuff that you see. A lot of the times gets blurred in Japan, like yeah. if it's super gory and I'm just trying to think, I'm pretty sure Matt like Parasite was the same way where it would literally be like black splotches kind of covering okay. up the really gruesome parts. So. Other than that, I really like I don't think anime really necessarily for Nintendo has to be super bloody. It doesn't have to be extremely gory, but it should involve some sort of action scenes. Yeah. And stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I imagine it, I imagine it being like Dragon Ball Z level of, okay. you know, kind of blood. I think they can get away with that unless. Oh, for sure. But if it touches Pokemon, nope, it's got to be kid friendly. Like that's <laughs> that's 100 percent for sure. It's true. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, all right. So according to some recent job postings over at Respawn, we are getting a single player game set in the Apex Legends universe. I know it's not Titanfall three, but I feel like it's about as close as we're ever going to get at this point, And I'm all about it. <laughs> I am 100 percent for yeah. it. Like, yeah. use the all of these heroes and not that I've paid too much attention to it, but every season there's always some sort of lore. That mm-hmm. comes out and, you know, the relationship between Loba, Bang- uh, Bangalore and Valkyrie and I think it's Valkyrie mm-hmm. um, like that kind of stuff spills over and you get to see that happen or watch it happen. The relationships that Watson has with crypto and um, caustic. So yeah. like they have set and established characters that can do a really good job mm-hmm. and a single player game with the gun mechanics that are already really good in apex and just maybe providing a bigger scope or story, whether it's, I don't know if they, they could probably really get away with an almost like, uh, I'm trying to compare it to a game, but I want you to think of like a four player game where you're picking like heroes mm-hmm. in a way, but like it could almost be like a, an overwatch story mode type thing where you're picking heroes using their abilities to get through the story mode. Like yeah. it, it makes sense. And team uh, like respawn has come from like come up from the dead with apex yep. legends. Like, it is by far their biggest IP and EAs for that matter, I believe. So yeah, which, which comes out of Titanfall. Yeah. Um, and, and they, you know, the Titanfall two single players considered one of the best FPS single player experiences of all time. And I wouldn't is. be surprised. Honestly. I mean, this is what I would do is, Pick one of the legends, you know, whichever one you think would work the best and do a single player game for them. If it takes off, you have a wealth of other characters that you can make single player games with, um, you know, like you still have your apex running on the side to make you all your money. But you could put out, you know, here's Octane's story. Here's Watson's story. All of them. Like you could literally go through every legend. And if if it plays like Titanfall people are going to buy into that experience um, and they're going to be all about it. So just more and more money that they can make, which is EA. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with it. 
as am I. And and if it's respawn, I have a feeling like they've kind of come back into the good graces of people. Mm-hmm. I will admit sometimes the loot box and heirloom stuff is kind of predatory in how they do that. But yep. they never force you to buy it. It's really only if you want it like and you have to have it. And sometimes yeah. if you want like a specific skin, there's usually a way to get it without costing you tons of money. So re- respawns good in my book. They really hopefully they just don't mess up. That's all we yeah. can hope for. They, they, they've done a lot of good. It would be kind of sad for them to mess it up now. True. Next up is going to be the Bayonetta 3 release date <laughs> is going to be October 28th. And also a part of the news that comes with this is the fact that Nintendo has added that there is going to be a family-friendly like setting that decreases the nudity in <laughs> in Bayonetta. And like I really didn't think about this too much, but I'm starting to play Bayonetta 1 on stream and to right. be, to be honest, I love it. Like it is mm-hmm. so much fun. And I will admit, you know, like and in the trailer is where there are like just bare butt shots of yep. Bayonetta like and the transformation. And like I can imagine if you're a young teenage kid and this will be for the video viewers only. I uh, th- this this is what I'll do for them. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm is excited. I, I just I just want this scene somebody sitting in your chair and then your parents come. Yep. <laughs> are you winning son? Yeah. And then you have <laughs> And then you have the, you know, the moment of the 15 year old kid slapping his keyboard going, no, dad, kind of thing. So it it makes sense. It really does. And like gaming should be for everybody. And I want it to be as inclusive as possible. So while Bayonetta probably is going to be a not super safe for kid game, if nudity is something if if nudity is something that like a parent is strict on. They can maybe have at least a little bit of comfort knowing that there is this setting for it because Bayonetta isn't necessarily crazy, like violent or bloody, I no. guess I, I, I should say. So taking away the whole like nudity and sexuality portion of things may be better for the franchise overall. And the people who are complaining about the game being censored and that this is a type of censorship, like just get over yourself. It's an option in the game. You don't right. have to pick it. And right. people people just get angry over the fact that like, Oh, like this is what's wrong with the world today. People feel like they have to censor this game. And it's just like getting M rated games is now more, it's easier than ever for, for a kid because a lot of times these parents go, yeah, I'm buying it for my kid. Like it's going to be fine. Right. That kind of thing. And it's better that there is at least an option because the kid can pick that option. Because it's not like it's not like, you know, a a parent is watching over their son or kid playing a violent game. So it's it's just nice to have that option, because if for whatever reason a parent is over you and you don't want to embarrass yourself or have to, like, answer questions about a game to your mom or dad or, you know, anybody that gets gets offended or is or is uncomfortable with this type of content, you can put on that setting and continue on your way. I I'm I'm all for it. I just don't get why people get so mad about this stuff. People get mad about everything now. Like you could get a little upset if they just censored it all together as like, well, you know what? Like Nintendo owns the property now, um, so we have to censor it down a little bit. Then, sure, you could be like, hey, I'm not getting the Bayonetta experience I got out of the first two games. But yeah, the fact that it's an option 
um, is totally fine. If you don't want to subject your kid to that, or or even if you yourself don't want to see that, I, I'm all for more options in video games, and we get more and more with a lot of games. So yeah, there's nothing to be upset about here. Just don't turn it on if you don't want your experience ruined. I'm gonna put that in quotations, right? Um, the nudity was never like. I mean, I remember when the first game came out, it was part of the marketing, right? Like, that's how they sold that game, because you were like, oh, this is a game like Ninja Gaiden, but, oh, there's there's a lot of nudity, and, they, like, they sold it that way. Um, and, yeah, there is in the original. I, It's more so just kind of, like, quick flashes of her from behind, for the most part. There are some cutscenes that kind of push it a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the game. Uh, they kind of teased us with that date. They kind of flashed it first and then went to something else, <laughs> uh, which is kind of cool. But yeah, October, yet another game in October. <sighs> There's just too many. I'm going to have to take like a month off work. Yeah, no kidding. And <laughs> uh, what was I about? To, what was I about to say about Bayonetta? Crud. Um, <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll come. It. Yeah, well, no, it'll come to me later and I'm going to okay. and and I'll be upset that I didn't remember it then. But with with Bayonetta 3, it's just something where. Oh, now I remember. I now remember what I was going to say. This nudity is nothing like God of War. Like you remember the God of War games where you literally have scenes dedicated to like the. With button presses. Yeah, with with sex. And, you know, there were there were women's breasts out like at the end of those cutscenes a lot of the times. So it's like if. I understand people being upset about that because it's it's kind of a prolonged experience. There are women moaning as yeah. well during these cutscenes. So it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I can't mm-hmm. imagine how many parents are like, what game are you playing? When <laughs> yep. if you know they happen to hear that or if a parent happened to walk by. So yep. but Bayonetta has never been that bad. So no. like if if you if people are going to be angry about like the nudity st- sort of stuff and the censorship, they should be angry at the old God of War games as well. Old yeah. God of War games, not the 2018 because there's none of that there because right. it changed. But the old the old God of War games, all of them had it. There was always yep. like a section that it was always that because I, re- I remember them. I played through them and, yep. you know, it's they kind of scar you and leave an impression on you as a kid. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's always been a thing. GTA had that um yeah there was yeah, the black the, coffee uh, thing i think yeah, it was black coffee um the i don't know how many people remember the game the saboteur but uh that game was kind of like a gta clone um taking place during like world war one or two but that had a code when you bought the game i remember because i bought the game and you had to put the code in to unlock the nudity so if you bought the game used um you know you didn't get the nudity Right. You didn't get the topless women. So like that kind of stuff yeah. has always been around. And for the better, that has gone away. Um, but yeah. that was such a huge selling point on that game specifically. I remember the marketing on it that was like the codes in the box. Just make sure you put that code in when you first start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, last piece of news I have here is a short one. But uh, Dino Crisis is coming to PlayStation Plus. So excited. I love Dino Crisis. If you've never played it, definitely check that out when it comes out. It was a PlayStation 1 game, kind of like Resident Evil, but replaced zombies with dinosaurs. Such a good time. 
Yeah, and then the last, I've got just a couple pieces of news left for me. They're smaller ones. Kirby Dream Buffet four-player mini game is coming in summer. Yeah. Almost looks like a Fall Guys type game, but it's for four players. They seem okay. to be doing a lot of like spin-off <laughs> stuff with Kirby, and I'm not sure why, but these games yeah. must do well and must be easy to develop if they're coming out as much as they are. Yeah. I should have talked about this earlier when we were talking about anime, but Netflix <laughs> has announced they are adapting Yu Yu Hakusho. And well, what? Uh, it's called Yu Yu Hakusho. It okay. is a uh, old anime from my youth that used to be on Toonami. I loved the anime. Yeah, I loved the anime. It was really good. But Netflix, I heard Netflix is adapting it, and I am so afraid that they're going <laughs> to scar me. I okay. don't know if I'm going to watch it. Like, I'll probably wait for people to review it because I am afraid Netflix is going to ruin this. It's okay. it's not like a Cowboy Bebop where there's not a, there doesn't need to be a ton of CGI or animation. Like this is four kids with otherworldly powers. You know, one turns into a fox, the other summons almost like a Jedi spirit sword. The other okay. dude is like the shadow dragon in his hand and Yusuke the the main character does like this spirit gun thing. So it <laughs> It is. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's really hard to explain it, Craig. I know you're probably lost, but it sounds I, ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous. And <laughs> I am just very scared that that Netflix is going to ruin it. I hope they don't. I hope it's great. But mm -hmm. I ugh, they're they're coming out with a uh, one piece live action and now Yu Yu Hakusho live action. So it's just like, oh, no, like I, I don't know what they're doing, but I am afraid. That Did is they not out. learn their lesson from Death Note and Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. It, it's hard, but and I, I didn't mind Cowboy Bebop, but I know a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. And lastly is uh, a lot of controversies coming out with Jake. Uh, sorry, uh, not Jake Drake, the rapper streaming on Twitch with gambling now. The reason this has kind of become a bigger deal is because he's a huge rapper, uh, gets a lot of people viewing his streams, but gambling is really only 18 plus and right. all Twitch really has is like if you don't make an account, it goes, it, you know, you just have to press on there like, OK, I'm over 18 and it shows you it. So mm -hmm. kids can very easily access this stuff and gambling is not something to really be teaching young children to do it. Because right. he won like six million dollars on a spin, but only Lord knows what he spent. Yeah, you know, and he is the he is the type of money to do that kind of thing where kids are learning about now gambling at an earlier age because it's available online. You can see your favorite streamer do it. So it's it, it's really a tough territory like Twitch does need to do something about trying to keep kids from these types of like streams because they like, I truly believe that no young kid should be subject to gambling and seeing, you know, not only could they have parents doing, you know, have gambling issues, but you could now have your own, your favorite person that you look up to, like let's say Drake, for example, gambling on there. And you're like, Oh, I want to win money like Drake. And then yep. you're like, Oh, okay. Now you're down a really, really slopey hill downward. Yep. So uh, Twitch needs to come out and do something about it. Hopefully, and hopefully they do, but they need to make it more difficult. Yeah. 
So games this week. Let's talk yeah. about games. For me, I played Bayonetta 1, as I mentioned on stream. I played Escape Academy with Craig uh, oh. yesterday. And a game that I've been playing a lot of is <laughs> Salasta, Crown of the Salasta. Magister. Yeah. Um, you said Escape Academy. I also was playing that with you yesterday. Um, I finished Demon Souls, so I can talk about that. I went back in to Elden Ring, and we got a power washing simulator on console now. I've talked about it on PC, but it is on console. That's what I've been playing. Yeah, and it's getting a it's getting a big bump for being on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of streamers now like just streaming that it's like a relaxing game kind of thing, yep. and it's kind of made its way back into the limelight. So good for good for Power Washing Simulator, like that yep. another indie game, another indie developer getting kind of the spotlight that they kind of deserve. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about Bayonetta because I did it on stream. Sure. I didn't realize like how much I miss this type of game because <laughs> yeah. this this type of game really isn't out anymore. It's a hack and slash that's Devil May Cry like and like I love Devil May Cry 5 and I think I've said this on the podcast. Craig let me borrow a Devil May Cry from Gamefly and I yep. beat it in a weekend. Yep. Like it's all <laughs> I played and they're they're really fun games and I booted up Bayonetta. The story's wacky. The combat's fun. And a part of me just doesn't know how I missed it yep. in in that. But when somebody like me and I just play a lot of games, a lot of good games get lost in that. And you kind of never pick them up again or you never get to play them in general. I'm just happy I picked it up now right in time for Bayonetta 3 to come out. I just need to finish 1 and 2 before that comes out. And yeah. that will be... I'm probably going to stream a lot this coming weekend because I do need I know I need to make a gap in or a dent in this game before Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out and Digimon Survive comes out next week because we're starting to ramp up into the release calendar again. Yeah, I like I've said before, Bayonetta is one of my favorite games from the 360 era, PS3 360 era. Um, It's done so well, Bayonetta 2 as well. It just it feels good. It controls well. The story is kind of second nature. Like it's it is what it is. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the character. Bayonetta is great. Um, but yeah, it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. And it holds up well now. I mean, it's old at this point, but you can still pop it up and pop it in and go to town. And it's still great. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, OK. Let me talk about Demon Souls. We'll, we'll combine Demon Souls and Elden Ring. They're like the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I beat Demon Souls. Never thought I'd say that in my lifetime, but I beat a Souls game. Um, I had a great time. It was a little frustrating at points, obviously, but um, and I'm forgetting there was a moment I had and I know everybody talks about like a moment where it kind of clicks for you right in a Souls game. Um it wasn't the final boss. It wasn't the king, but it was the one before him. He's kind of like the mini boss and he has like the giant red sword. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. Thank and you. I forget his name, but um, there was just like, I was just trying to look him up too and I couldn't find him. Like the ad, no, the adjunctor is somebody else, right? Isn't no. Yeah. That? It's not. A, it starts with an R. I'm, pr- okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, talk about it and I'll, okay. I'll get his name. I know exactly who um, Okay, so I was having a good time with this game. Like a lot of the bosses, you find the certain ways to kind of cheese them a little bit. Um, 
you gave me one for one of the bosses where I could kind of hide under some stairs and I cheese them to death with poison uh, gas. Um, but the moment for me that made the game click is I got to this boss that I don't remember his name and you kind of walk up there and it's just one on one. I immediately could tell. Did you find it? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, okay. I actually can't believe it because it's not with an R. It's Penetrator. The Penetrator. Okay. So it's right near the end of the game, right? It's like right before you get to the last level. So yeah. I walk up the steps and I see him standing there. I'm like, all right, here we go. I walk up there. I immediately look for some way to cheese him. There isn't, right? Like it's just big open. You have to fight this guy one-on-one. -on -one. And there was something in that moment that I beat him in one try, but it, it was the the moment of rolling to dodge the attacks, parrying, where it all just kind of clicks, right? And you're like, I was literally in the middle of that fight, and in my head I was like, oh my god, I get it. Like, the game just clicked for me at that moment, and, like, I beat him easily. Not easily, but you know what I mean. Like, handled yeah. him very well. And I was like, I get it now. This is, you know, this is how you're supposed to feel in a Souls game. Um, the last boss, the old king, was extremely easy. Yeah, he's um, a pushover. He is, because I am I was all worried. I think I died like two or three times. Um, but compared to some of the other bosses, he's a, he's a cakewalk. Um, but I, I enjoyed that game a lot. Um, I understand why people like those games. Trying to play some of the old ones like I have recently, like, that updated graphics helps a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think I may end up holding out hope for a Bloodborne remaster before I jump into that. But I had so much fun with that game. I don't know if I can put it on my list for this year since it came out. I don't know if I can classify it as like, oh, well, they put it on PlayStation Plus. But uh, we'll have a, we'll have a separate yeah. category for favorite game that didn't come out this year. Right. But I really, really enjoyed it. So I did that. I jumped into Elden Ring. Um I'm definitely enjoying Elden Ring more than the first time I played it, for sure. Uh, the open world thing is still kind of throws me off. Like, I prefer the levels. I really do. Um, but it's not like an immediate turnoff for me. I just kind of... I'm struggling at the moment where I should be going. Um, I know that it kind of leads you, right? Like, there's the ray of lights that kind of show you where to go. Um, so I've been kind of following that. But it took me to a boss... Um, that I just feel like I'm severely underleveled for. Uh, so at that point, I'm like, all right, maybe I just wander around for a little bit. I don't know if that's the right approach, but like, it's very obvious that it's telling me to go this way, but it's putting me at this boss. And I looked up the boss and they're like, yeah, you should be between level 20 and 25. And I'm at like 17. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready, obviously for this boss, but like, what do I do then? Like, do I just kind of randomly wander around this big map? Um, I don't really like that. I'm still playing it. I'm still having fun, but I don't. It's making it harder for me than Demon Souls or Demon Souls was like, all right, here's four levels. Figure out which one you can beat first. Like, I'd much rather have that rather than let me get on my horse and ride around for 10 minutes. And oh, this is the wrong area. I'm getting killed immediately. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I get why people like Elden Ring as well but I don't think I'm going to like it as much as Demon's Souls. We'll see if I finish it. Yeah, I think that's why for me, like Demon's Souls just isn't that like clicky. Uh, sorry, Elden Ring isn't that clicky of a game for me. Like right. I, I kind of liked the natural progression that like the Demon Souls or sorry, yeah. the Dark Souls, the Bloodborne games that they offer. And mm -hmm. even Demon's Souls has a little bit of a progression as well. You just kind of have to find it. 
if yeah. it's a little bit more hidden. But with Elden Ring, yes, it's great that you have that option to leave a boss, come back when you're stronger. But mm-hmm. for people, that is overwhelming. Like, okay, yeah. like I was on a path and now you're telling me to go somewhere else. And yeah. or I or they don't they don't tell you you have to go somewhere else. You feel like you do because you're not winning or not making any, you know progress on the current boss you're facing and that is a struggle because people are going to get overwhelmed by the fact that oh wait so i can't defeat this boss so i'm supposed to roam around and find some other boss or grind souls like not everybody wants to do that people want to have like a natural line of progression to the next boss or the next you know thing they're supposed to fight so it's i think i feel like that is a like kind of a hash against Elden Ring that doesn't get talked about enough because people are always so great about, oh my God, the open world, it's so great and fantastic. But, you know, people get bored of the open world like type of stuff because, you know, Assassin's Creed has been doing it and I'm not the biggest fan of it either. The world's too big. And in a lot of ways, Elden Ring is very big as well. And it Mm -hmm. really is. It's a big map. Uh, Like you think it's big in the beginning, wait till you get to the end game. And, (laughs) There's just so much going on. So I, I completely understand like how yeah. you feel with that statement. It's not it's not the best way I guess a game should be like people. I feel like are so blinded by Elden Ring, hence why it got so many nines, tens game of the year stuff yep. that like you kind of forget that like people get overwhelmed by the option of choice and freedom. And mm-hmm. some people just want to go in a straight line. Yeah. Yeah. And like I like I said, I appreciate that they're pointing you in that direction. But like I felt like going into it, I was like, all right, I have demon souls under my belt. So like I'm not a souls expert, but like I understand how the mechanics work. So I should be better off. And I am. But I yeah, it's just I don't know. Do I just run around this same area and kill the same 20 guys for an hour, two hours until I'm level 25 and go back? Or do I just try to find hopefully another area where I don't get killed in one hit um, and try to find better equipment? I, I don't know. And I do I really want to spend another, you know, 80 hours on something like this? I, I don't know. But it, it could be something that I go back to on occasion for an hour or two and then hop off. That might be the best way to play it for me. Mm. Next up for me is Celasta, Crown of the Magister. It is a very true-to-life D&D game. You create characters with classes, with races. You have buffs. You roll for damage. Your enemies roll for damage as well. And for someone who's been really just just like looking to kind of dive a little bit deeper into the D&D world, I'm really appreciative of this game. Like I have my roommate, Adam, who is incredibly like versed in D&D and mm-hmm. it feels like a D&D game. And what's also nice is the fact that I've got two people who have never played D&D in their lives and want to like maybe like try D&D one day. This has been the perfect and I, I truly do believe it is one of the perfect games to introduce someone to how D&D works. You know, you you roll for all your stats, you roll for you know, you roll to do stuff you want to do and that kind of thing. Yeah, like there isn't the need for perception because you're looking at a map like you can see physically what's there. So you don't do a lot of like the other roles that everything else does. But there are roles for stealth, your acrobatics, your persuasiveness, your intimidation. Like there 
it it feels like a literal D&D game. And what I like about it is the fact that it has a campaign that you can walk through with your friends. I'm playing it for a player. We all take turns. It's turn based, much like how D&D is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised that this game hasn't found a more of a way into the spotlight. It free game pass game on PC and on console. It's cross play as well between PC and console. It it rated very well in everything I've seen. Steam has it like at a nine out of ten. Like people like this game. It's just a matter of especially with the ending of Stranger Things. I feel like more and more people are like, okay, D&D could be cool. Like D&D might be something I want to try. And if you and your friends are kind of intimidated by the fact that you might need a dungeon master or anything like that, try Solasta. It is a little bit janky. It's not the craziest looking game. Like it's not going to blow your socks away with how good it looks. And the beauty of D&D is your imagination in a way where you kind of have the imagination taken out of it because you're okay. playing a campaign in a way. You're but there are turns, there are twists. The story I think is written pretty good. Like try this game if you and a couple friends like don't know how to play D&D and want to learn. Like this You'll find out, I think, if you like it uh, through this game. Okay. For sure. Uh, Solasta has been something that, like, I played, like, five days straight. Like, me and my friends got on every night, and we played it for a couple hours. So we're we're having a lot of fun with it. I, I'm really surprised that this game hasn't gotten more attention. Yeah, I, I think maybe it just has to do with D&D is still a... Not, I don't want to say a small area in gaming, but not quite mainstream. Stranger Things yeah. helps, but I just don't yeah. think it's quite mainstream yet. I did like I tried on multiple occasions to download it. And every time I go on Game Pass, it always gives me an error on console. Are you um, serious? Yeah. Like every time I try it, just oh, I go to click I on it no to clue. install. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll try like installing it on PC or just maybe straight looking it up in the Xbox store and see if it works that way. That way I can at least give it a shot. Yeah. And, you know, like if if you want to try it, like it's very easy to like have different characters that you make load up a character that you have with like with me, we'd all start at level one Mm -hmm. and I could have a brand new character for that and then still have my other campaign with my other friends with the other character that's higher level. So it's all it's all very good and very D&D like, which is something okay. that uh, for people, especially a lot of new people who are overwhelmed by the fact that you need to find a DM or find a story or something like that. This is the easiest way to do it. For okay. sure. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, Power washing simulator on console. I've talked about it before on PC. I own it on PC um, on console. It's just as good. I actually think it controls better on a controller as opposed to mouse and keyboard. Um, it's just a little bit more laid back. I've been, you know, I've played most of these levels anyway on PC, but I've been going back through and playing them on Xbox now, throwing some Spotify on in the background and just going to town. I think it like I was doing it today and I just realized that like, I think this solidifies that I'm an, I'm like an old man where like the idea, (laughs) the idea of fun is just like spraying stuff off. But like even using in real life, my power washer on like, the sidewalk in the side of the house is like, so it's such a good time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's super relaxing. It's a good podcast game. If you want to throw our podcast on and, and clean some houses. Um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. So can't recommend that game enough. Uh, and it's on game pass for PC and Xbox. So you don't even got to buy it. 
Yeah, and speaking of another uh, yeah. game, we have Escape Academy. <laughs> uh, Craig yeah. and I have been playing this. It's a co-op adventure. It feels a lot like it takes two, where it's it's yeah. automatically split screen, and you have to work together to get out of multiple escape rooms. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but Craig and I have gotten A plus on every single Everyone. one of these. Yep. Uh, but there, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like there is sort of this stress that the game puts on you to get something done on time. One level and, in particular. Yeah, one level in particular. We were pretty <laughs> stressed out about. Yeah. And it it's just kind of fun to like you, and it's only one to two people. It's not like a four player game. You kind of just go through it, and it's just nice to like play with a friend it's not something that is like crazy difficult or at least it mm-hmm. isn't yet and we've completed a couple rooms it yeah. may get like there are some puzzles to us that i will admit i really wish had instructions yeah. uh, just to show us what something was but we found a way to get through them somehow yep. you know yep. our brains uh, something clicked in our brains that our hands were doing before we could even talk <laughs> yep. you know kind of thing so it yep. It is. It, I I do think it's a fun game, and it's another one of those good Game Pass games that are also like very good for co-op. This is like a perfect couch co-op game, especially with the way it does split screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only downside I could think is that there's no replay value, right? Yeah. Because like once you do all these, you're gonna know all the answers. But it seems like it's a decent length. Um, I, I'm gonna guess probably five to ten hours is probably about accurate. Um, But yeah, I've been having, I had a ton of fun last night with it. You're kind of like trying to talk to each other. I was a little annoyed at first that you could see both screens, split screen, but it Mm -hmm. makes sense so that you can look and be like, all right, I'm going to look at this wall while you do the puzzle, but I don't necessarily have to describe it to you because you can just look on your screen and see what I'm looking at. It helps. So I understand why they did it. Um, The sensitivity, look sensitivity was wonky. Yeah, that, that needs that. to be looked. That needs to be looked at. That needs to be yeah. updated. <laughs> it's bad when you first start. You have to kind of adjust that. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fun. It's been kind of a nice little like uh, work workout for your brain, I guess. Um, yeah. And the story's whatever. I'm not really paying attention to the story that much. But yeah, it, it's a great great game to play with somebody. So can't recommend that one enough. Yeah, and I think those people that like like puzzles will also find a reason to play this game on their own. Yeah, uh, it is. It is a fun game that doesn't necessarily require two people, because even even when you're doing something like you have to physically get a pen and paper for some of yeah. these puzzles and decode ciphers and stuff like that. So that, that that's what I like about the game. And mm-hmm. on top of it, you while you're walking around, you can pin something to like the part of your screen. So that way you can like look at something reference the cipher code and then start writing so like you have the ability to do a lot of work without needing to have seven different you know windows open or something like that uh it is i i didn't know really what to expect with this game but i am very happy that i just kind of decided to play it on a whim and it's been it's been a lot of fun yeah for sure i mean i think probably two two or three more sessions we should probably have it done i think so too yep so that's going to be it for games this week. Let's go ahead on to movies and TV shows where I didn't realize how much I watched uh, this week <laughs> yeah. until I started writing it down. Thor Love and Thunder, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel finale, the yep. Bob's Burger movie, yep. the boys finale, which we had talked about before. And yep. I recently started an Apple TV uh, plus show called mm-hmm. Blackbird, 
Okay. Oh my god. Am I heard obsessed? It's very good. I am obsessed with Blackbird. Okay. Uh if if you haven't tried it yet, I definitely would. There's only three episodes, so I'm not gonna talk about it too much. But I cannot like I can't put into words how good the acting is in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh it's another one of these like it's not so much a mystery as it is where the the character I think his name is Jimmy and he he gets sent to prison for coke uh for selling coke and uh being uh like having a whole bunch of unlicensed arms. He gets an opportunity to get his sentence released if he can get a confession out of someone else at a, at a more like high how do I put it high security jail where it's mm-hmm. definitely not as comfortable as the one he's in. He takes the opportunity because his dad gets a stroke. These aren't really major spoilers, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And you get to kind of watch like the, uh, I think his name is Taron Edgerton or something yep. like that. He plays, yep. the, he plays Jimmy. He is awesome. And I'm going to bring up the cast here because like, I'm, I'm not rooting for the killer in any way, uh, <laughs> but the actor that plays this, uh that plays the the guy he's trying to get the confessions it is it is insane it is creepy his name is paul walter halzer um he is crazy good at this acting like it is i i am just entranced every time he's on screen because it is he is such an interesting piece of this show and i can't recommend it enough and also i do want to say that Ray Liotta is in it as well, who I mm-hmm. believe died. Yes. In in two thousand in in two thousand twenty one during the whole COVID scene, so it's it's just nice to see him in a role. I don't know how much more he's in it due to the fact that he he might have died during mid shooting. I really don't know, or mm-hmm. if that changes the story. But right now, three episodes in, I'm hooked. I'm cool. absolutely hooked. Um. All right. I also watched Bob's Burgers. Also, the Miss Marvel finale, we do have the boys, but I also watched uh, Jurassic World Dominion, um, okay. the, the Black Phone, and I watched the first four episodes of the Resident Evil TV show on Netflix that just came out. Now, you have to tell me about it. How is yeah. the Resident Evil thing? Because like <laughs> it, it seems to I, I don't know what to think because people tell yeah. me it's horrible. But then I'm also reading online that it's one of the best video game adaptations that has come out. So, like, I'm so confused. I don't know what even to think about the series. I need to finish it to have, like, my full opinion. I want to say there's, like, eight episodes. It's tough because the first two episodes, I would tell you that, like, this TV show is terrible. Right? Like, I was not feeling it at all. It's like you have an idea of resident evil and what it should be. We had the movies and they're doing something completely different. This takes place uh, well after raccoon city, raccoon city happened in 2022. We're now like 10, 15 years later. Um, So you get like flashbacks to how the virus first spread. And then it it goes back and forth between back then and now um, constantly every episode. And the first two are kind of eh, I wasn't really feeling it. I'm just kind of like, why is this Resident Evil? Wesker is in it. Um, and he's the only one I've noticed so far as a actual um, character from the games that has shown up in the show. Um, but 
I think the third and fourth episode I enjoyed more. It's where they kind of start sprinkling in some stuff that I recognize from the games. Um, trying to think of specifics. There was one, one of the characters, if you've played the original Resident Evil, one of the lines that became a meme was I'm the master of lock picking. Um, one of the characters says that, and I thought that was kind of funny. There's a moment where one of the characters goes in a room to, to hide from the zombies. Right. And on the table is a typewriter. Um, like to me, I'm like, it's a save point, right? She's safe. Yeah. And they do that in resident evil eight, right? Your safe rooms. I was like, I like that. You have, um, the, one of the characters from resident evil four, one of the enemy types is the guy with a chainsaw and like the, uh, bag over his face. He makes an appearance. Um, the liquors make an appearance. So like they're sprinkling stuff in there that I'm like, this is what I want from a resident evil show. It's just that some of the story I just I'm not a fan of. So I have to finish it to give like a full impression. I would say it's like it's not insanely good. That's for sure. Is it going to be one of the better adaptations? Maybe, maybe I have to see how it closes the deal. Um, But yeah, those first two episodes, I think what happened is turned a lot of people off and then they just didn't watch anything after that. Um, Because if you just watch the first episode, you're probably going to be like, this is not good at all. Um, But you definitely have to get through those first two for sure. So if you can do that, try it out and see episodes three and four if it hooks you. If it doesn't, you're definitely not going to like it. But so far, it's been all right. Okay, I'm probably going to give it a shot then. It's not as terrible as people make it seem out to be. (laughs) There's just people memeing about, and I'm not sure if it's in the first two episodes, there's a Dua Lipa-like scene with like her song. It's bad. So like <laughs> apparently that has really turned people off because like that doesn't make sense in Resident Evil at all. Well, we'll, OK, so I have to point this out. It centers around two girls and they are Wesker's daughters, right? That's what this whole series revolves around. And you get to see them as kid teenagers when the the virus first came and then as adults. Um, now, the one the main girl, her sister, uh, her name is Billy. Right. Her name's Billy. And like the very first scene when you see these two and they're in the car, her sister, Billy, is listening to Billie Eilish. Her sister looks identical to Billie Eilish. She dresses like Billie Eilish and her name's Billy. I'm just like, really, guys? Really? Like you couldn't think of something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I get it. I get what you're going for. And it's 2022. So, yes, she would be into Billie Eilish. I get that. But like. She's like almost looks identical. She's got the same hair, the same baggy clothes. I'm just like, all right, like that was a little obnoxious to me. And I know people have pointed that out. Like, why? Why be that on the nose about something like that? But yeah, some of the music choices, I was like, yeah, the Dua Lipa one kind of comes. That scene is. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. And, lo- and like people, don't, people may not know this. I love Dua Lipa like her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Her her future nostalgia album. I just listened to on repeat. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's nice to hear about that, but it's also bad that it's in a condescending like, you know, why is this in the show? Kind it's, of way? I don't even think the, he, the music's fine. I don't have a problem with the, them putting the music in that scene. It makes sense. It's just that scene is very cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm with you there. Why don't we talk about uh, I'll talk about Thor Love and Thunder because mm-hmm. we've already. You mentioned it as well. Yeah, I really like Thor Love and Thunder. I'm kind of mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm really surprised by what they did with uh, Natalie Portman's character. Yep. And I don't think how gone, though. 
Probably not. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I was just kind of surprised that that's how it ended. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I stayed for like some of the after credit scene. <laughs> I think yeah. I think Gore was fantastic. I I really liked he I really liked the villain in this one like uh Bale does a fantastic job. It's one of the with, best villains I've it. seen in a Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, in a while. Like yeah. he that scene on like the the edge of I guess the the darkness world where mm-hmm. he is kind of everybody dragged in and it's black and white is really artistically yep. like it's it's really good like what they yep. do with him. Like overall, I, I'll say I enjoyed the movie. I do think that I enjoyed um, Doctor Strange a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I I just really love the magic portion of things. But I can tell that like I think it's Chris Hemsworth that plays Thor. Like he it, he genuinely enjoys playing Thor, yeah. and that comes through on the screen. He and I think that's also why he's like the one of the few people who've like been willing to stay as the character because he loves playing that character and to see him and to see that we're probably going to get more Thor movies is great. I'm all for it Uh, just because it it's nice to see somebody who's impassioned about like playing this Marvel character where. Like, I just remember the whole, like, situation with Chris Evans and the Captain America where, you know, he was, I think, they were filming, like, the Winter Soldier and they had already, like, announced that, hey, we're finding a way to write him out. So he gets out of his contract and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is out of his contract now as well. So whether they ever come back into the MCU, like, will be a definitely, like, nice surprise for people to see. Mm-hmm. But... It's just nice to see that Chris Hemsworth has this commitment to Thor and he's sticking to it. Like, it's yeah. nice to see him uh, do it. And I like Norse mythology, so I'm all for yeah. it as well. Yeah. Fun. Very fun. Um, movie. How do you feel? I have to bring this up. How do you feel about the goats? The goats? I I read a couple interviews about why he put the goats yep. in it. And <laughs> yep. they're not an they're not annoying. No. But it is very out of place for and me. And he did that on purpose. Yeah, like he he did it on purpose. Somebody showed him the screaming goats meme and then he decided yep. to do it. I just don't know if this has anything to do like with like the space llama you get in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy like game. I don't know if that has anything to do with why he did. This I mean, either. all I all I saw in an interview he did was he said specifically he put the goats in there. So that James Gunn would have to figure out what to do with him in the Guardians movie. That's it. That's the only reason he did it to mess with James Gunn. <laughs> Which, OK, um, interesting. But like, I didn't find them annoying either. I just thought it was funny that he he literally was like, I'm going to put these yelling goats so that James Gunn has to figure out somehow to use them or get rid of them in the next movie. Just creates more work for him. It should, yeah, yeah. It, it was just strange. It felt out of place because yeah. that like screaming goats meme has kind of died off in yeah. a big way. So it's it is strange, like 100 percent, but not annoying. So it didn't take away from my movie experience at all. And the end credit scene, the end credit scene <laughs> is extremely surprising. Yeah, uh, I did show a clip to like my one friend who's like a Marvel like freak because he didn't mm-hmm. know who Roy Kent is yeah, yeah. uh the character in Ted Lasso, the character that <laughs> plays Roy Ten, Roy Kent. And 
at the end of it, he was like, oh, my God, he's going to be perfect for the uh, for, for the role that he's in uh, yeah. in in whatever Thor, whatever the next Thor movie is. So that's good to hear. I'm glad that's mm-hmm. going to be the case. So uh, I just I, I just hope he gets a spotlight to shine because I love this yep. character so much. And I know yep. he's not going to be Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Right. But he does. He deserves a chance to show that he's not just this angry Roy Kent from a TV show. <laughs> like, I hope I hope yeah. he really does get to show off his acting chops here because he he definitely can do it. And I feel like he'll do a really good job of it as well. Yeah, an interesting choice, but I think it'll work out. Yeah, because like for that character, it's always been uh, like you think The Rock. You yeah. think these overly muscular men, because like even the Disney animated series, her, uh, you know, had yep. like have this extremely like muscular men. So it's yep. always like it's weird to see him do it because he's not this grotesque, muscular guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think he I just think he has a chance to pull off something cool with this character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for it. All right. So. Do we want to talk about Bob's Burgers or yeah, Miss Marvel? Let's do Bob's Burgers. So Bob's Burgers, a animated film movie based off of the hit TV show that yep. is there. I don't know how I feel about this movie. <laughs> it's OK. Um, it's all right. But yeah. like, I don't know the com- this type of comedy. I don't it doesn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I much prefer Archer. Like uh, and the reason I compare the two is because the character that plays Bob, um, yep. I think his name is like John or Ben John. It's something John Benjamin. like that. John Benjamin. Exactly. Yep. He plays Archer and Bob in these respective ones, but yep. he's not really in this movie too much. All things considered, it's more or less like focusing on the kids. Yeah. And I I get that. And I get like the whole kind of arc that they go through. But I'll admit, like, there are parts of this movie where I'm like, okay, let's get on to the next portion of things to make it interesting or something like that. Um, There are parts of this movie that drag on, I feel Mm -hmm. like, and the comedy isn't it doesn't stick for me too much. But that's, you know, comedy is subjective and to each their own. Like, I watched this movie for a reason and I I did finish it, which says something. So, yeah, I I like Bob's Burgers the TV show. Um, I'm always confused when they take animated TV shows and make movies out of them. I just never quite understood the appeal. Like even like, I know like the South park movies, right? That movie was held pretty high. I just never saw the reason to make a TV show into a movie like that. Um, Because you're literally just watching an extended episode at that point, I think with a little bit, better animation because they have more time to get it done. So it looks crisper. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I just, it's funny. I laughed. Um, but yeah, I just, it's not something that I would be like, I need to see that in theaters. Um, it's streaming, which is good, but like, I, I don't know like that. It could have been two or three episodes of the normal TV show. And it would have been like the same thing, honestly. So it's, it's fine. If you like Bob's burgers, you'll enjoy it. You'll laugh. Um, John Benjamin's great. I love him. But yeah, I didn't think it was anything special. Miss Marvel finale. Yeah, I really I'm surprised by how much I enjoyed Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. I really loved almost every episode. 
I think the end episode is this really good mix of like kids like figuring out how to kind of deal with adults and i really didn't like the parents but the mom did kind of make a 360 with me uh uh, during i think the last episode so it i i genuinely enjoyed miss marvel i really hope she gets her chance to shine in the the marvel's movie uh and like the after credit scene just confuses the heck out of me i have no yeah. idea what's going on. Uh, I had Switch to rewatch places. that scene like three times to figure out, wait, why is Brie Larson here? And yeah. to be honest, I still don't know why she's there. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a little rough with like how confusing that ending portion is to like lead into Miss Marvel, of course. But yeah. uh, like Miss Marvel, the TV show, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think like she's the perfect person to cast for Kamala. Um, she loves comic books. She loves Marvel. And you can tell when she's doing this show that she's just having the best time. Um, I'm more so excited just to see her interact with all the other Avengers. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see her with Hulk um, so we can get that scene like we did in the Avengers game um, where she's sitting there drinking her soda and annoying the hell out of Bruce Banner. Um, but, yeah, I think she did a fantastic job. That last episode to me was great. I like that we got to see the power that I wanted to see from the beginning, which is the Ambigan, make herself yeah. big. That's what I wanted from the beginning, and we finally got it. Um, we got that shot at the end of her on the light post. That's the comic book cover. Um, that conversation with her dad, which is from the comic book about her name, is fantastic. Um, and the the costume looks great. So yeah, the costume looks incredibly good. I was yeah. I was really surprised. So like I'm super excited for the Marvels movie. The only thing they said about that end credit scene was that they did not swap bodies. They swapped places. Yeah, that makes like, sense. That's what yeah. I expected too. Me too. And I guess some people were saying that they swapped bodies, but yeah, they did not. So I don't know what that is, other than them setting up the whatever's going to happen in the movie, the Marvels movie, which is. 2023 sometime i think yeah it's like i think it's July i think it's or early. I th- oh i thought it was early next year what do i know yeah um but yeah i think they did a great job uh i know it's got that show has got some hate online but again i just think it's people that let's be honest don't like female leads in shows um but she d- is such a great pick someone who loves the comics and the source materials and she's gonna be I think she's going to be one of the favorites once we get all these new Avengers together. I really do. I, I hope so. I hope she is. She yeah. deserves that because she uh, like I, I don't mind America Chavez. I mm-hmm. think like she she's also I think she also played well, but I think because we got the time like yep. in Miss Marvel to kind of get to know her. That's why, like, I kind of lean toward her as a favorite for sure yep. as well. I agree. I'm on the same boat. Before we talk about the boys, one thing I did not get to talk about last week is the bear on yes. Hulu FX. You finished it. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It Such is a good show. It is so good. Uh it is it is an incredibly like engrossing tale and anyone. And this is like the one show I used to work in a kitchen. I worked in a kitchen for 7 years. Mm-hmm. Uh I owned like almost every spot in <laughs> in that restaurant and the bear captures the restaurant flow yeah. better than any show I've ever seen. And and not many shows, to be fair, like try to take the the restaurant like business and humanize it in a way. Mm-hmm. But it is 
it is such an enthralling show for just like for the for just the premise. It's just a dude trying to like make his brother's old shop like be a respectable restaurant. It doesn't sound exciting on paper, but the characters drive it. And it is it is just an incredibly deep show with a lot of fundamentals there and 2AT represents like restaurant life. Like I can't tell you how many times I I've experienced what those cooks and what those employees are going through at a restaurant. It yeah. is just such a good show. It is, and I, I, I really didn't expect it to be that good if I'm being honest. Uh, but I got a lot of suggestions about it and I am just so glad I watched it. People should, this show should get more attention. Yeah. I think they kind of like that ending kind of leaves it open. I'm assuming we'll get another season, but they could not and just leave it at that too. Yeah. I, I kind of want to see how characters grow with a second season. Like Mm -hmm. now that things are kind of being changed out a little bit with the ending of the, with the ending of that, but you're completely right. Like I feel fulfilled with that one season. If I get another one with those characters, great. I hope they can build on it. But Mm -hmm. if not, I am okay with just I'm okay with my head drawing conclusions in that because the show is so grounded in in like being realistic that you can come up with options for these characters and how they respond to the ending. And you could and you would probably be right if if the next season came out. So awesome, awesome series. 100 percent agree on that one. Uh, I know I've been taking the lead on a lot of this. I want uh, you take the lead on the boys. Well, I mean, at this point, it's been like two weeks since I watched the finale. So I'm going to try to remember as best I can. Um, I felt like I'll try not to spoil too much if you haven't watched it yet. The season overall was great. Um, that last episode was phenomenal. We got that kind of culmination of all of them fighting each other, which is what I wanted. Um I don't know how I feel about the next season. Um, there's a lot going on with Butcher, uh, with Starlight. I will say that the end of the episode with Homelander and his son, right, when they're in the crowd, that to me was, that scene was terrifying. Just Oh my God, yeah. Terrifying. And I mean, I know they've said like the... And I forget who this person who uh, did the boys, but he did specifically come out and say that Homelander is a direct representation of Donald Trump. Um, That's what he was going for. Uh, But like that scene of him killing somebody who was talking back to him in a full crowd and the crowd specifically um, MM's, you know, what do you Uh, call Step, whatever. Is it like, uh, is the term like baby daddy? Is that what? Well, I mean, it's M.M.'s kid, but M.M.'s kid's stepdad. Yes. Um, Him being the one to first speak up and clap because Homelander killed someone was absolutely terrifying. The whole crowd joining in and then just the look on on Homelander's son. I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be crazy in the next season. Um, But I just think it was extremely well done. All three seasons have been phenomenal in this show. Um, every season I'm like, I don't know if they can one up the previous one, but they always seem to. Um, 
And then the other two, and I'm blanking on their names because it's been a little bit um, Frenchie and Frenchie. Yeah. And then uh, I forget her name. But she's like my favorite character in the entire show. I think she's great. Um, She just wants to be she wanted to be normal, but then realized she needed her powers to protect, you know, she she enjoys and loves as a as a brother. She made that clear. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it was just insanely well done. That final episode kind of gave you everything you wanted. You got your big fight um, and set you up for what I'm sure is going to be maybe a crazy last season. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like my I have the same fear as you do is what do they do next? Because, you know, we had we had the same kind of issue. Everybody was super into Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And then those that last season came out and really like everybody now looks on that series in a bad light. Yeah. So for for the boys to be doing as well as it does, like it scares me because I'm afraid that like this next season won't live up to my expectations or somehow they drop the ball with with everything there. The apparently, according to a lot of my friends, like this is going in a different direction than the comics. Okay. So it will be like its own original. It looks to be like its own original ending from what from from what the comics represented. But you're you're absolutely right. Like what this season hits better is you get like that really satisfying fight at the end. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned it like that last scene, it's the emotional hits yeah. that really like do a good job. Like Black Noir, like <laughs> his character arc is like this really strange psychedelic one. But I loved it. Like yeah. it was so good. Um, Jensen Ackles character is Soldier Boy. Yep. He did such a fantastic job. And like, I hate to admit it. I would have loved to seen and there's still a chance that maybe an alternate universe Captain America that he yeah. actually gets to play in what can be shown in a multiverse of some sort. <laughs> yeah. But it he uh, and he was too busy with Supernatural at the time. And mm-hmm. it's if it, I just want to see him in more stuff. Yeah. It's. He played that Soldier Boy character so well, and I loved it. Like he, every time he was on screen, I'm like, I gotta see what he does next. And yeah, and I don't think we can fully rule him out not coming back either. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. But, um, like it, just as an actor, I want to see him in more stuff. I want to yeah. see him do more of these roles because he does it really, really well. He's got the time now. He was wrapped up in Supernatural for how many years? Oh my god! So, I like, I can't that, even. That yeah. show was on forever. So now he has the chance to kind of do other things. But yeah, I didn't even mention him, and he did absolutely phenomenal as Soldier Boy. So yeah, it's just a great, great show. Yeah, make sure you're watching it if you haven't yet. You can now binge season one through three, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you'll probably be wanting more uh, yep. at at the end of it as well. And I know I think they recently announced another spinoff series uh, yes. for the boys. So college age kids. Yep. Yeah. So we're getting there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And oh, my God, I don't want to imagine college age kids and the boys. They're going (laughs) to they're going to scare me with how realistic they were probably to me in college. So I'm going to I'm going to be scared to watch that. But (laughs) nevertheless, I do want to thank everybody for watching the podcast. This is where we come to the end of it. I hope you guys liked it. And if you did like it, please make sure you share it or review it on your podcasting platform of choice. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitch, Instagram, or Twitter. 
all of them. I'm going to be tw- I'm going to be on Twitch again playing Bayonetta because that was so much fun. Thanks for everybody who came out and supported that. It's just kind of fun to at least talk to somebody while playing the game and have them yep. respond. But uh, I get lost in Bayonetta, so I could just have fun just playing around and people watching, to be honest. So thank you for that. If you're interested in sending any questions or anything like that, please email high sensitivity podcast at gmail dot com and we'll make sure to include it or in something in the next podcast. Uh, be prepared for next week because my plan is long as everything goes over well, we're probably going to do we're probably going to fight over the games for the rest of 2022 here. Yeah. So Craig's going to both Craig's are going to be ready for it. We're going to be dueling to see who gets the best uh, the best games for 2022 left. And we're going to be fighting over scorn. Scorn. We're going to be fighting (laughs) over Madden. I already know it. Like Madden is the next is the next game to kind of blow everybody away. Yeah, NHL. Oh my God! Imagine if they came out with a good NHL game. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. It's just too bad the Flyers would suck. Yeah, they would. But uh, enough. Enough about uh, that. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. See you, see you later.